So to transfer from the world, which was a killer world, which was really destroying us in so many ways, what we have to do is to come home to a place we never left, to look at what we're looking out of, to be ourselves. Shakespeare, this above all, you know that cliché, Shakespeare wrote a lot of cliches, didn't he? This above all to thine own self be true. Thou canst not then be false to any man. Shakespeare said another one. This is a beauty. This is a beauty. You know, people listen to Shakespeare because he, he would know, you know, he, 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 was, he was a real man. A real man and he, he knew, you know, he knew what he was up to. And he spills the beans. Australian expression, spills the beans, yes? Anyway, he spills the beans in a play called Measure for Measure. He says, man, proud man, dressed in a little brief authority, most ignorant of what is most assured, his glassy essence. Now, that means transparency most ignorant of his transparency. Like an angry ape, play such tricks before, before high heaven as make the angels weep. Now, I can tell you from my experience of Douglas that I've got a choice. It's a very tough choice. A confession. Either with Shakespeare, I am alive to, along with enjoying my glassy essence or my transparency, or else I'm in very grave danger of behaving like an angry ape. I really mean that. And you say, well, Douglas, I haven't seen you. I don't think your friends find you behaving like an angry ape. Well, they don't have the inside information. <laughs> that I have. And I say it's a pretty straight choice. See who I am and then I will cease behaving like an angry ape. And what am I, according to Shakespeare, I am this which, of which I am most assured. This glassy essence or transparency here. Well, I don't look to you transparent, do I? Douglas looks very opaque. To you, but for me, it's really transparent here. I swear. And I'm going to ask you presently to point to what I see as opacity and I think you may find is transparent. Transparent where you are. Are you looking out of a... Are you looking out of two... Two tiny weeny peepholes in a very, very opaque, and in some cases, somewhat stale meatball. <laughs> Two. I mean, I mean, we've got to be, you know, truthful about this. Truthful about this. It's a matter of life and death to get this right. And Shakespeare suggests that this is the most obvious thing in the whole darn world. 
the most obvious thing in the whole darn world. Seeing who we really are. It's been advertised to be the most inaccessible, mysterious, difficult thing to see who we really, 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 really are. You know, all this enlightened stuff. But if you read the real masters, they will say it's the most obvious thing in the whole darn world who you really, really are. All you've got to do is look in the right place and then Bob's your uncle and then you're home and you see who you are. And we're going to do it and we're going to test it in a minute. But I can't express sufficiently the obviousness of this. It's incredibly obvious. We don't know what obviousness is until we see who we are and what we're looking out of. It's incredibly obvious. All we've got to do is to look in the right place and stop mucking about. Come home to the place we never left. And then I suggest we find, I repeat, a world woven of blessing. A world in which love has a chance. You see, in the as-if world, I think love has a very hard time. Because we're all separate in that world. Face-to-face, head-on collision, confrontation is the rule of the game, the name of the game in the as-if world. In the as-is world, as presented, it's not confrontation at all. It's, I am empty for you. You are empty for me. We are really, really disappearing in each other's favor. Look, I really swear to you, cross my heart, there's nothing here in your way. Nothing. There's absolutely on-present evidence here for me. There's absolutely nothing in your way. I kind of stop here above all this um, the Christmas tree stuff. I, I stop here and above here I have all your faces. I lose one very, very stale aging meatball And instead of that, I have all your delightful um, faces at this time. And I say that we are built that way. We are built for loving. We are built busted wide open for each other. Aren't we? If you look at what you're looking out of, have you anything in Douglas's way now? Have you ever, ever in your puff been face to face with anyone in your life? Hasn't it been face? To space where you are? What are you looking out of now? Two, two tiny apertures in a meatball? Or is it, is it really open there? Aren't you built open? Aren't you built for loving when you tell the truth? What are you looking out of now? Of course you may say, well, Douglas, this is all very spiritual and nice, but uh, it just ain't true, you see, it ain't scientific. That there is something here, you just can't see it. I swear there's nothing here, and if anyone doubts what I say, that this is totally empty for you now, I say, come and see. If you doubt, if you doubt what I say, come and see. And if that camera there were to come up to me now, Well, in the camera, the video camera there now, I guess he's getting something like that of Douglas. Is that true? Something like that of Douglas in the video camera there. If the camera were to come up to about there, it it, it, it would find Douglas's face there in the camera, wouldn't it? 
you would have Douglas's face in the camera if you came up there. And that's where I find the darn thing in the mirror. That's where it belongs, isn't it? Isn't that where I keep it? Coming nearer, you get the camera comes up here, and you get a picture of a nose, an eye, a cheek. Still a long way away. Come nearer, and uh, white tissues, cells, and now you start attaching very sophisticated uh, optical and electric, uh, electronic equipment. And you get why you get pictures of cells and molecules and atoms, which are nearly all empty space. And you write there, before you get here, everything's gone. What you go up to, you lose. I don't care what it is. Go up to a book and you lose it. Go up to a face and you lose it. And there's one thing you always went up to, and you've never been a millionth of an inch away from. And that's what you're looking out of now, that alleged meatball on your shoulders. You've never been anywhere but that. You go up to that, all the way up to that. Come home to the place you've never left, and I think you will find that it vanishes, just as Shakespeare said it, it does. And you are transparency, empty now for Douglas, and for your friends, if you care to look around the room. What are you looking out of in your own experience? The great con, the great sellout is to say, I'm not going to dare to look at what I am. I'm going to take everybody's word for it. And they're going, those people out there are going to tell me what I'm like here. Although they're in no position to do it, and so I buy into this fiction that I am here, what I look like to you there. And I say I'm the opposite in all respects. So what are the reasons for looking this evening at this place? We've occurred and we're not going to die without having a look for ourselves at what has occurred. We do take some account of the, the great traditions which say that, that this incredibly blessed thing is true. To who you really, really, really are is the eternal reality, the imperishable being from whom all come and to whom all return. And that this is available, visibly available, and absolutely obvious, absolutely obvious when we dare to look. Those are some of the reasons for looking to see who we are this evening. And we're going to do a few little experiments, a few little experiments presently, uh, uh, any, one of which, any one of which will get us home. Any ticket home is a good ticket. Any way home is a good way. We are eccentric. To join the human club, it is absolutely necessary, for a time anyway, to be an eccentric and live out here looking at oneself from there. And it's too high a price to pay to join the human club on those conditions. So I say we will be better members of the human club when we withdraw secretly our subscription. And what is that subscription? 
I am here, what I look like to people there. In other words, I'm a goner. Oh, really? I'm a perisher. I'm a perisher. You know, I, I repeat, I don't know what obviousness is until I look at this. It's been advertised to be the most incredibly difficult thing in the world to see who we really, 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 really are. It's incredibly obvious once one looks in the right place. But we can't bear obviousness, you know. We can't bear simplicity. We can't bear obviousness. Do you know the story of the purloined letter of Edgar Allan Poe, very briefly? Well, in Paris, in the middle of the last century, a letter was stolen, a very, very important letter was stolen. And the Paris police had to try and find the letter. The letter was in the possession of a naughty, naughty man, wicked man, uh, who uh, was seduced somehow uh, away from his apartment. And the police ransacked his apartment looking for the purloined letter. And they ran long needles through the cushions. And they ripped up the skirting board looking for this letter. And they, they pulled the books to pieces looking for the letter. Did they find it? They did not. Why? Because it was sitting on the mantelpiece. <laughs> Who we really, really are, just like that. It's most incredibly obvious. What are you looking out on at this time? How many eyes are you looking out on? You know, something's gone very, very wrong. Very, very wrong. If, you know, I, I'd say 90%, 99% of Australians, bless their hearts, let alone other people, live and die under the firm conviction that in their own experience, that in their own experience, they're looking at two teeny weeny holes in a meatball. Two. How many eyes are you looking out of now, in your own experience? Something very funny happened here. You see, if I'm going to go crazy and, 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 and just lie and lie and lie and live in an unreal world, an imaginary world, you know, it, it's, it, I'd better be wrong about the world from here outwards. If I'm wrong about the center of my universe, I'm really in trouble. We need to get the center of our universe sorted out so that we're living from the place we are living from. If I'm going to go crazy, let me be crazy out there rather than here. You know, if I'm going to be crazy, comparatively harmlessly crazy, you know, I could see the Virgin Mary creeping in there and Napoleon there. That wouldn't be very serious. But to lie about this, lie about this, this is, this is fatal. Let me be sane. Let me be truthful. Let me have the enterprise to tell it like it is about where I'm coming from. Particularly as the great ones down the ages have said that if we live from what is given, given in all obviousness, we shall find blessing heaped on blessing. And we shall see that we are built open for one another. 
We're going to give love a chance. And we're going to see that we are built, busted wide open for each other, built for loving. In the old, old way, convention says we are confronting one another, face to face, head on condition. Look and see, look and see what it's like, right where you are. And I would suggest you're looking at Douglas out of this wonderful transparency that William Shakespeare talks about, transparency. And not looking at Douglas out of two peepholes in a thing but one great window. So we're going to have a go. We're going to have a go. And we're going to do our first little experiment. And um, in order that this shall be done with effect and properly, it's essential you don't look at Douglas. Uh, you, you look at what I'm asking you to look at. And uh, I'm asking you to look at your spectacles, if you have any. And if you don't have any, we make up a pair like I'm doing. And those of you who have uh, spectacles, will you take them off and hold them like that at arm's length? And those of you who, who don't have spectacles, make up a pair like Douglas is doing. Will you please do that? And don't, don't, um, Please look, look now at, at, your, at those two apertures. Look at those two apertures out there. Two. Now slowly, slowly put them on. Slowly, slowly put them on. And when you've got them on, drop your hands. Now what are you looking out of? Are you looking out of two holes? Two eyes? You know, there's a thing in the East called the third eye. Do we have to go, do we have to go uh, to Lhasa or Varanasi or God help us Mexico? to discover our third eye. Is it not available this evening in Melbourne? <laughs> Did we ever look out of anything else but this huge, huge window? There was a teacher who said, if you will find, you will find what you need. He called it something like the kingdom and your eye is single, and then your whole body shall be full of light. Do we ever look out of anything but this single eye? And does it have a frame? Is it not infinite extent? The single eye we're looking out of now. And could we do another, complete this little experiment by looking up at the ceiling, not at me, and outlining, as I'm doing, just outlining the, the, the window, the window you're looking out of, without smiting your neighbor. 
just, just where your hands disappear. So could you do that, just outlining your single eye? Did you ever look out of anything but that? And does it have a frame? Isn't it infinite in extent? This is, a, this is a way home, you know. Any road home is a good road. Any ticket home is a valid ticket. What are you looking out of now but what Shakespeare called your glassy essence? The only thing is the window has no glass and no frame, does it? Are you not just that window? And you know... That window will never be broken. There's nothing there to break. Did you ever look out of anything but the... Whose eye is that? The little guy in the mirror looking, apparently looking out of two little holes. That one is perishing. The one who's looking out of this great window without a frame. Is anything to perish there? I say, I suggest to you that glass is unbreakable because it doesn't exist. There's no frame. What are you looking out of? And you can see now, perhaps, as you look out of this space for the world to happen in, you will see that you are connecting up with your childhood when you were exactly like this, looking out of this space. And you will see how I suggest you are not confronting me at this time, the Douglas, the Douglas here. You are, you are putting nothing in his way. You're busted wide open for Douglas, as Douglas is for you. Now, in the as if, as if world, the conventional world, we are built, we are built for suspicion, I would say, for every conceivable kind of personal mishap and trouble and lack of communication and giving love a terrible, terrible hard time. You know, what is the essence of loving? but to be bust, to, to disappear in favor of the loved one. Every one of us knows that. You know, it may seem rather sentimental, but I think it's really true that in the as-is as world, the given world, the true world, the world as it is, not the conventional world, but the world as is, that we die for one. Now, uh, you see, when I look at, in imagination, look at Douglas from there, there he is. You know, I, 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 I imagine Douglas as you see him, or I take that guy in the mirror and shove him here, then Douglas is not, uh, you know, there he is, dying but not yet dead, on the way out, but still around. But when I come up here in my attention, it's like an arrow or bullet which comes here and is nothing left. Nothing left by the time the arrow gets to here, but nothing left. 
Accept awareness. Accept awareness. And I say, it's not because I'm a nice chap, because Douglas is not a very nice chap, but because we are built, I would say, to give our lives to one another, to disappear in each other's favor. You say, well, this is not real death, Douglas. No, I think it is more real than the conventional death. Because, you know, an undertaker, or what you call him, a mortician in Australia? Anyway, an undertaker has to deal with some, when Douglas dies, has to deal with some mess, some goo. <laughs> but there's no goo left when you come home to who you are. It's a real dying. And you know there's a teacher who said, greater love hath no man than this, that he give his life for his friend. I say we are built to that wonderful pattern. And if we live from that pattern, we give love a chance, more than a chance. We are living in a world which I would say is rich with blessing, rich with blessing. I mean, we have come to the place where death cannot enter. Death cannot enter. You know, tomorrow we should be doing experiments about this. But just let me mention this. I look in the mirror and I see Douglas, who is 82 years old. He's dying. And I bring the mirror up here. We should be doing it tomorrow. Uh, bring the mirror up here. And long before it gets here, it's all gone. Death is there. And I bring up the mirror and the face disappears as I bring it up. It goes all blurry. And here, here it cannot come. It cannot come. So there was a poet whom you will remember who said, who asked a rhetorical question. Oh, death, where is thy sting, O oh, grave? Where is thy victory? And I say... There, it can't come here. It can't come here. Because here one is busted wide open into this wonderful space which Shakespeare speaks of, this transparency. Another experiment. Another little experiment. Pointing. We have a very good instrument here for bringing us home to the place we never left. You know, our mums, mums and dads, I expect in Australia as in England, told us it was rude to point at people. Did, did your mum tell you that's very rude? It's very rude to embarrass people by pointing at them. Well, there's one place where the inhabitant loves being pointed at. Who you really, 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 really are loves being pointed at. Absolutely adores it. And we're going to point at who we really, really, really are and see what we're pointing at. And this is the most neglected place in the whole universe. I mean, it's, I think this place we're going to point out is more neglected than the moons around Venus, and the black holes and the galaxies. This place really is incredibly neglected, and it's astounding that we neglect it 
seeing that it is the very plumb center of our life, and we're going to point to that. But let us begin by pointing at something else. And uh, if you would kindly, in doing this experiment, don't point, uh, uh, I mean, don't look at Douglas pointing, look at your finger and what your finger is pointing at. So would you, would you kindly point to the ceiling? And you will see that your finger is pointing at something. And now bring your finger down and point at the wall. And you will find uh, that your finger is pointing at something again, at a wall. So finger, space, wall. Now bring your finger down further, and I have to ask you to do this. Will you point at Douglas, and I'll point at you. <laughs> now you're pointing at a thing here called Douglas. And uh, there's finger, Douglas. Now bring your finger down and point, if you can, at the floor, just at your feet. So you have your finger and space and the floor. Now point to what you can see of your legs, which may not be very much. Your lap, perhaps. So you've got finger and you've got space and you've got a lap. Thing, space, thing. Now point to your tummy. Finger, space, tummy. Don't look at me, look at your finger at what is pointing at, which is your tummy. Now bring your finger up and point to your chest. Still, is pointing at something. Now bring your finger further up and point to what's above your chest. What is your finger pointing at now? <laughs> point at what you're looking out of now. What is your finger pointing at? You're the authority. I think you have never pointed at this place <laughs> You have never, most of us have never, never, never pointed at this place. Isn't it extraordinary that we never pointed at this place? Is it not pointing at space for the world to happen in? Is it not pointing at this vast window without a frame, and the view out of the window, full of all those people in the room and so on. But please, before you put your finger down, have a really good point at what lies at the center of your world. You can bring your finger down now. Isn't this the most neglected place in the whole universe? And isn't it essential to get that right and be our own authority of where we're coming from, who we really, really, really are? And I suggest that you are infinite space, imperishable transparency, infinite space, for all those perishable things to come and go in. And that you are exactly the opposite of what you look like to me. 
You look solid. I think you will have seen that you are transparent. You look two-eyed, and I think you will have seen that you are single-eyed. You look small, very, very tiny, and I think you will see that you have no boundaries. I think that in every respect, you are the opposite of what you had been told. And when you took everybody's word for what you were like, but your own word, you had got everything, as I had, upside down. And you had rejected, along with me, a world full of blessing in which love has a chance, where we're built for loving and built not for dying, but for being who we really, really are through all eternity.